What must I do to inherit eternal life? It's a question we should all ask of Jesus, and then we should pray for the wisdom necessary to discern the personal challenge we'll be given in reply. To do that, we need to open ourselves up to God's Word, which allows us to become more open to God and we start to understand ourselves a bit more. Add wisdom to that mix, and we'll be on our way to discerning what we're being called and challenged to do. The answer is likely to be difficult and costly, so we need to hold tight to the assurance that all things are possible with God. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle B of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, cycle B. Our first reading is from Wisdom. It's chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Our second reading is from the letter to the Hebrews. That'll that'll be chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And our gospel reading is from Mark's gospel, chapter 10, verses 17 through 27. Uh, Just a couple things to note. First, we do have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. The Book of Wisdom is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Hebrews is actually from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. Tonight, we'll see that wisdom is priceless. The Word cuts deep, and rich people are in trouble. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. I said our first reading is from the Book of Wisdom. Therefore I prayed, and understanding was given to me. I called on God, and the Spirit of Wisdom came to me. I preferred her to scepters and thrones, and I accounted wealth as nothing in comparison with her. Neither did I liken to her any priceless gem, because all gold is but a little sand in her sight, and silver will be accounted as clay before her. I loved her more than health and beauty, and I chose to have her rather than light, because her radiance never ceases. All good things came to me along with her, and in her hands uncounted wealth." Our second reading is from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. And our gospel reading is from Mark. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, 
Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and we'll ask ourselves, well, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So from our first reading, it was from the Book of Wisdom. And in this reading, the author is kind of going on and on about the importance and value of wisdom. Now, we all know that wisdom is usually listed as uh, the first of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, along with understanding, right judgment, courage, knowledge, reverence, and wonder and awe. So we should all agree that wisdom is an important gift. And we see in this passage that the author prayed for the gift from God, and the spirit of wisdom came to me. You probably notice that they use, they, they use the, the feminine pronoun uh, where, where the author refers to wisdom as her. It says things like, I preferred her to scepters and thrones, or gold is but a little sand in her sight. Now, the reason for this is that in the original Hebrew, wisdom is a feminine noun. So feminine pronouns would be used when referring to it. Of course, in, in my several decades of experience, Women have generally been much wiser than men, so I thought referring to the spirit of wisdom as her made perfect sense, uh, regardless of the actual origins of the usage. The point being made, though, in, in the reading should have been pretty clear uh, you know, throughout. Wisdom is more valuable than material wealth, you know, gold, silver, gems, but it's also more valuable than power, right? Scepters and thrones. And the author even claims to have loved wisdom more than health, beauty, or even light itself. But to be clear, we're speaking of the wisdom that is granted by God. And, and this isn't just, eh, just the wisdom that comes with life experience. It's, it's the wisdom that comes with life experience and the perspective granted to us by our belief 
and by our faith in the Lord. One, one final thing I found interesting is that the author doesn't say anything about giving up power, health, wealth, or beauty in, in order to have wisdom. He simply says he loved and cherished wisdom more than any of those things. And then in the very last sentence, he says, all good things came to me along with her and in her hands uncounted wealth. So according to this passage, it's not an either or situation. You don't, you don't need to choose wisdom and reject everything else. You need to ask God for wisdom, value wisdom more than those worldly things. And chances are you'll have more of those good worldly things than you can count. It's definitely something to think about, especially when we talk about our gospel reading and the messages in it. But for now, the message I got from our first reading is that the gift of wisdom is more valuable than health, wealth, or beauty. Yes, we, we all want to be healthy, and most of us don't want to look horrible. And it's certainly more pleasant when you don't have any major financial worries. But instead of focusing on those things, we should focus on the wisdom that is a gift from God. If we do that, then we should be able to more easily handle everything else. Because the gift of wisdom is more valuable than health, wealth, or beauty. Our second reading was from the letter to the Hebrews. And, you know, although this was a short reading, it was just two verses, I think it packs a pretty hefty punch. Um, originally, it was believed, I think we've talked about this before, it was believed that St. Paul had written the letter to the Hebrews, but but later biblical scholars and historians determined it, it wasn't written by the hand of Paul, so to speak. And, well, they're, they're not exactly sure who wrote it or even who the exact intended audience was. But we see some imagery in this, which is often associated with Paul. St. Paul is often depicted in, in pictures or paintings, old you know things that you may have seen, um, old artwork. He's depicted carrying a sword with the point towards the ground. One reason is because martyrs were traditionally depicted with the instrument of their death, and, and Paul was beheaded by a sword. But the main reason is that Paul used the analogies of both armor and sword in his letter to the Ephesians. And part of the reason that Hebrews was originally believed to have been written by Paul is because of this passage we just read, where the word of God is said to be sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, it, it's an appropriate metaphor because, as you've probably noticed, Diving into these scriptures week after week, the messages and meaning we find in the word, in these scriptures, quite often cuts deep. To be honest, there are, there are a lot of times when I'm preparing for one of these webinars and I think, ouch, okay, that stings, that message hit a little close to home. And when we consider that the word made flesh is Jesus Christ, then the image of something that can cut through everything, including our you know, self-delusion and arrogance, the imagery is even more apropos. For me, the, the image of a two-edged sword piercing and dividing the soul from spirit 
it, it feels a bit violent, which makes kind of the feelings of vulnerability even more pronounced when, when we reach the last sentence, which said, and before him, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. It feels very vulnerable, especially after the imagery of the sword slicing through everything. But maybe the feelings of, you know, or that feeling of violence comes from me knowing how much time and energy I spend building up my defenses, you know, creating the, the version of me that I present to the world. Maybe the, maybe the two-edged sword that is the word made flesh, maybe the sword that is Jesus Christ, maybe though that's so sharp that it's more like, like a knife through butter like a hot knife through butter. Maybe maybe our Savior is so powerful that when the time comes, my carefully crafted facade will actually be easily sliced away. I'm not sure if that's a comforting thought or a terrifying one. Anyway, the, the main message I got from this short little reading, though, is that the Word opens us up to God and to ourselves. We believe that God already knows us. Jesus already understands what's deep in our hearts. He knows every thought we hold in our minds. So cutting deep isn't about him learning something new. The word cuts to the depths of our being so that we can stop hiding and we can step into the light. The word opens us up to God and to ourselves. All right. Finally, our gospel reading was from Mark, and this presents us with, I think, some interesting things that could probably lead to some healthy debate. The story is generally referred to as the rich man, so it's pretty clear that the focus is, well, on the rich guy in the story. Apparently, he's a young, faithful Jew who has followed the commandments his entire life, and yet when he comes to Jesus, who he calls good teacher, Jesus says he still lacks one thing. And what does Jesus say? Well, he challenges the young man to sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. So is the reading saying that in order to get into heaven, we need to sell all of our possessions, give the money to the poor, and then what? I mean, if 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 you're a guy and you're not married, you could become a Franciscan, I suppose. Um, you know, if you're a woman, you can join a convent, become a nun. But is that really the point? Now, keep in mind that Jesus didn't say sell some of your possessions, or even most of your possessions. He didn't say, only keep what you need to survive. He certainly didn't say, declutter and live a minimalist lifestyle. No, he said very clearly, sell what you own and give the money to the poor. And for most of us, like, wow, that's, that's crazy talk. Imagine if every Christian in the world did that. First of all, there probably wouldn't be enough people to buy all of our stuff. And, and then you'd have about, what, two and a half billion people walking around homeless with no possessions. 
Jesus obviously didn't mean what he said. He was just trying to prove a point to this rich dude, right? Well, I don't think so. In this situation, I think Jesus meant exactly what he said. But I think we're misunderstanding what he was challenging. Now, in in past presentations, I've talked about how the Israelites believed that wealth and prosperity meant that God was blessing you. The richer you are, the more God must like what you're doing. And since all good things come from God, then health, wealth, power, and good looks, those are all just blessings from the Lord because you're so freaking awesome. That's what Jesus was challenging. He he was challenging thousands of years of culture and belief. He was was challenging the entire understanding of of exactly how God shows favor and, and blesses people. He was challenging their entire understanding of who will get into heaven and, and how they'll get there. His challenge to the young man wasn't, it wasn't sinister or mean. If you remember, it said, looking at him, he loved him. Now that the challenge that came next was, it was, you know, Jesus meant it from a place of love, and it was specific to the person, the culture, the time, and the place. In essence, he was saying, detach yourself from all these material things and follow me. Jesus knew that the only way for that young man, wealthy as he was and and fully immersed in the Jewish culture and beliefs, the only way for him to do it was to go cold turkey, like so many of his other followers had done at the time. Now, some astute observers would point out that dropping some nasty old fishing nets and leaving behind your your tiny hut with a dirt floor is a lot easier than leaving a life of comfort and luxury to go follow Jesus around. And to that, I say, exactly. That's why Jesus went on to tell his disciples, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When you're rich and powerful and healthy and good-looking, it's easy to believe you're blessed and will end up in heaven. It's also very hard to give up those attachments and live your life based on gospel principles. But Jesus didn't leave it at that. (laughs) All is not lost for those who are wealthy, because for God, all things are possible. The challenge for us isn't about being as poor as we can possibly be. The challenge is to give up other attachments and incorrect beliefs so we can open our hearts and strive to be true disciples of Christ. The question, I suppose, is how far an individual has to go or or how drastic the measures they take have to be in order to do that. For some, like St. Francis of Assisi, it really did mean renouncing the wealth he was born into. For others, it'll mean something different. And that's what we need to discern for ourselves. 
So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that discipleship can be costly, but all things are possible with God. And for me, it it helps to imagine what Jesus would say if I was kneeling before him and, and I asked him the question that the young man asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Would he tell me to sell everything I own and give the money to the poor? Would he tell me to maybe stop focusing on my career and focus on my family and my community? Or would he challenge me with something else altogether? I have a feeling his challenge would be personal, specific, and very difficult. Because discipleship can be costly, but all things are possible with God. All right, so let's sum up what we've talked about so far. In our first reading from the Book of Wisdom, the main message I came away with was, the gift of wisdom is more valuable than health, wealth, or beauty. In our second reading from Hebrews, the main message I got was, the Word of God opens us up to God and to ourselves. And finally, the the main message I got from our Gospel reading was that discipleship can be costly, but all things are possible with God. What must I do to inherit eternal life? It's a question we should all ask of Jesus. And then we should pray for the wisdom necessary to discern the, the personal challenge we'll be given in reply. And how do we do that? Well, we can start by opening ourselves up to God's word. Because when we do that, we become more open to God and we understand ourselves even more. Add wisdom to that mix and we'll be on our way to discerning what we're being called and challenged to do. We might not like the answer and it's likely to be difficult and costly. So we need to hold tight to the assurance that all things are possible with God. All right, so let's take a step back and we'll we'll uh, take a second glance at these readings overall and we'll ask ourselves if our path is any clearer. The way I like to do this is by asking two questions. So what and now what? Okay, so what? Why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care about this because we're talking about our souls here. Even even though some days can seem to drag on forever, our time on this earth is short. But the rest of eternity is a long, long time. We really need to be concerned about how we're going to spend that time. And as Jesus points out, the wealthier we are in this life, the harder it'll be to be blessed in the next life. If you look around the U.S. today, far too many people are concerned with keeping what's theirs. You know, the the government takes too much of my money through taxes. Uh, Illegal immigrants are taking our jobs. Uh, A secret cabal of lizard people took the election from Emperor Trump. But, But it's not even the lunatics that are in on it. A relatively stable Catholic friend of mine is absolutely opposed to making community college free. As he put it, I don't want to use my hard-earned money to send someone else's kid to college. Or what about all the bleeding-heart liberals who call for more affordable housing, as long as you, you build it in some other part of town? I mean, they don't want their neighborhoods and schools to deteriorate. 
Yeah. In other words, this is ours. Give them something somewhere else. The attachment that Jesus was challenging, those attachments aren't just about houses, cars, and designer clothes. They're about so many other things as well. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? What are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, as I've discussed plenty of times before, Jesus challenges us to make God and others our highest priorities. And in this week's gospel, we even saw Jesus push the issue by clearly focusing on wealth and possessions, you know, implying that they impact the decisions we make. But the challenge for each of us, it will be personal. And what if possessions isn't your biggest attachment? What if your specific challenge is something else? So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Sell everything you have and give the money to the poor. No, I'm just kidding. Um, here's, your, here's your real question for the week. <laughs> what must you do to inherit eternal life? Like I said, it, it helps me to imagine what Jesus would say if I was kneeling before him and I asked him that question. So I'm hoping it'll help you too. Just remember, ask the question, but then pray for wisdom. Open your heart to the word and then try not to be terrified by the answer. Remember that discipleship can be costly, but all things are possible with God. All right, before we wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. You know, as you're trying to answer this difficult question and discern the answer, remember what we read in the letter of James, chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask a God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. If we ask God for the wisdom to understand what we're called and challenged to do, the Spirit will provide it. All right, we have come to the end of our time here together. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back again next week, but in the meantime, I really do encourage you to just use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. You know, read through a passage a couple of times, think about it, pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for Respect, Engage, Accept, and Lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, copyright 1989, by the Division of Christian Education of the National Council of the Churches of Christ in the United States of America. Used by permission, all rights reserved.